in our lives. We thank you for preservation. We thank you for protection. We thank you for provision. Thank you, Lord God Almighty, because you do not leave us to the desires of the enemy to take us out in this pandemic. We thank you because you are with each and every one connected to this service right now, and most especially Christ Peace Heritage Ministries family. Father, receive all the glory and honor. Be thou exalted, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Father, we thank you. And as we have come with God once again this morning to discuss your word, to be lifted by your word, and to be encouraged and be challenged and be chastised and be convicted and be convinced by your word. We ask Holy Spirit that you open our hearts. Amen. You make a heart to be tender to your word. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Oh, the speaker and the hearer of the word today, Father, we ask at the end of God, let your word profit us. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Son of God. Give you praise and give you glory. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. Amen. Amen. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. I want you to say to somebody, you can point to somebody around you and say, Welcome to His presence once again this morning. The Lord God Almighty will have compassion on you. In the name of Jesus. And everyone connected over Zoom or over 
the Facebook Live. If you are commenting to us this morning in this service over the Facebook Live, please, I want you to share. Just share. Just click share. Don't be in the service all by yourself. Share. Invite somebody to be connected to the service this morning. For I know that at the end of everything, the name of the Lord shall be glorified in each and every one of us. Be an evangelist to somebody and just invite somebody to be connected to the service. And you yourself, you will not be a castaway in the mighty name of Jesus. Glory be to God. Uh, I'd like to say that even though there's the pronouncement that the churches to open, and I believe some churches are already opening, uh, right now we are still operating virtually. Will let us know when the time arrives for us to eventually open for every member to be able to be in the sanctuary. We still maintain 10 and lower than 10 people in the sanctuary. I want to believe that everyone continues to connect. As you connect, you are in service and you are in the presence of the Lord. You are in church right there in the comfort of your home. And I pray that the preservation of the Lord shall continually be upon each and every one of you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We've been having so much a wonderful time in the presence of God since the beginning of the month. And uh, like Pastor said last week, now you know that the messages coming out from this podium this month, they are not... Uh, they're not messages that just makes you feel so comfortable. Why? Because of the nature of sin that we all carry from our great-grandfathers in them. And today we want to go deeper as we continue to look into our, the theme for our month, a month of shedding the weight, a month of shedding the weight. And I pray that before this month runs out, the grace to be able to live a comfortable life of righteousness shall be yours in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. John chapter 8. John chapter 8, we'll read from verse 1 to 12. John chapter 8, let's read, quickly read from verse 1 to 12. The Bible says, But Jesus went to the Mount of Olives, now early in the morning, he came again into the temple, and all the people came to him, and he sat down and taught them. Then the scribes and the Pharisees brought to him a woman called in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman was caught in adultery in the very acts. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned. What do you say? Is the say testing him that they might have something of which to accuse him? But Jesus took down and wrote on the ground with his hand as though he did not hear. He did not hear. So when they continued asking him, he raised himself up and said to them, He who 
is without sin among you, let him throw a stone at her. So, and again, he stood down and wrote on the ground. Then those who heard it, being convicted by their conscience, went out one by one, beginning with the oldest, even to the last. And Jesus was left alone and the woman standing in the midst. When Jesus had raised himself up and saw no one but the woman, he said to her, woman, where are those accusers of yours? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said to her, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Verse 12. Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. But have the light of life. I pray the light, the light of life will begin to be shown, not just shown, but shown brighter, clearer in every life, every mind, and everyone under the sound of my voice this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Here is a story with many unanswered questions. Here is a story, very popular story that you know very well, but it's a story with many unanswered questions. Now the scribes and the Pharisees brought this woman to Jesus. And when they brought the woman to Jesus, number one, we don't know, they didn't tell us the name of the woman. Number two, they didn't let us know if this woman is a, is a Jew, Samaritan, or from Ireland. Maybe she's a Gentile, we don't even know. How they didn't tell us who this woman was in the act with, and they did not bring this person as well. I don't see a woman committing adultery and caught in the very act. Amen. There should be somebody that she was, that she was in the very act with. Are, are, are you getting what I'm saying? And so this is a story with so many questions in mind that was not so clear. And so they brought this woman to Jesus. And the Bible made us understand that they brought her in order to test Jesus so he can be accused. Based on the law of Moses. They forgot that there is the law and there is the grace. Now, one of the very, very thing in life that everyone, every believer, 
and everyone in life are so vulnerable and susceptible to committing a sin is a sin of adultery. But they saw one, and they called her the woman and brought her. We don't know how they even brought her. Maybe they were already stoning her, beating her, eating her. Maybe they carried her, maybe they dragged her. We don't even know, but the Bible says they brought her. How did they bring her? Shamed, shackled, dragged, or they just brought her easily and brought her there. But we knew that they were about to stone her anyway. So they must have stones in their hands. They were ready to condemn her, condemn her, they condemned her already. So they are coming to Jesus to affirm the execution of this woman. I want you to know this morning that the word that Jesus said to her is what the Spirit is saying to everyone in this ministry and everyone connected to this service this morning. Jesus said to the woman, after he has challenged every one of her accusers and they were convicted in their spirit, Jesus said to her, you have, come, you, you, you have dragged her to grace. Woman, go and sin no more. The grace to go from this place today and sin no more. Receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I said receive it in the mighty name of Jesus. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 tells us that all our sins and come short. We have all fallen short of the glory of God. In Psalm 51 verse 5, the psalmist told us, he said, Behold, I was brought forth in iniquity, and in sin my mother conceived me. He also said in Psalm 66 verse 18, in Psalm 66 verse 18, he said, If I regret iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And in Isaiah chapter 59, verse 1 to 3, in Isaiah chapter 51, verse 1 to 3, that Isaiah said, Behold, the Lord's hand is not shortened, that he cannot see, nor is ear heavy, that he cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated you from God, and your sins have hidden his face from you, so that he will not hear. And in verse three, uh, 3, he said, For your hands are defiled with blood, and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongues have muttered perversity. So sin is grievous. Sin is an abomination to God. Sin, God abhors. It doesn't lives, it cannot operate where there is sin. So what is sin? Then I'm going to ask the question that I found this woman in the acts, the very acts of adultery and the brother. They did not say we cut her 
sin it. But Jesus said, go and sin no more. So what is sin that caused them to have condemned this woman? Sin is it's a transgression against divine laws. It is a deviation or lack of conformity to the moral standards of God. And sin could simply be said to be a missing the mark. When one misses the mark, then he has sin. And sin can be seen as well as something that have a negative consequence, something that we do, something that somebody do, whatsoever that you do, that carries a negative consequence, could be termed sin. I'm going to ask the question then, because when we say sin, you will say sin, Sometimes you hear iniquity, sometimes you hear transgression. Huh? I, I, I want to believe that I've, I will said sometime I'll try to put a different situation to this sometime they go with us here. But just in one verse, in one verse, the psalmist himself declared these three words in Psalm 32, verse 5. The psalmist said, I acknowledge my sin to you. So who did he acknowledge his sin? He said, I acknowledge my sin to you, and my iniquity have I not hidden. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forget the iniquity of my sin. And so what is iniquity, what is sin, what is transgression? I just told us a little bit about sin. What did John say concerning sin? First John chapter 5, verse 17. It says, all unrighteousness is what? All unrighteousness is what? Sin. All unrighteousness is sin. Everything contrary. To the right standard of God, to the right standard to our neighbors, whatsoever does not conform to the pattern of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to God and to our neighbors, he said there are sins. And John said there are some sins not leading to death. That's another message of its own. There are some sins that lead to death. And there are some sins that does not lead to death. So what is sin? What is iniquity? What is transgression? Transgression simply is crossing the line. Breaking the law. You're driving and you're supposed to go on 40 miles an hour. And you're already going on 60 miles an hour. Guess what? You already transgressed the law. And what, what will you be looking at doing when I see the odometer moving higher than what, what, what are you looking? You're looking way far there. 
When you see a car that looks strange, you want to slow down, thinking that's a policeman. Why? Because you know you're transgressing already. How about iniquity? Iniquity is simply the degradation of moral standard. Iniquity is something that you premeditate. You preconceive. It comes to your mind. And then you think about it. And then you acted it out. And after a period of time, it becomes something that doesn't even make you to be feel convicted anymore. So you're living in iniquity. Iniquity is the degradation of moral standards. Iniquity as well is a sin. A good example that comes to mind when we talk about iniquity is the acts of David with Bathsheba. What happened? To David, the woman was taking a shower, and the king was up there, and it saw her, and then from there begin to conceive his idea, even in her, how do I get that woman? I know what I'll do. Make sure the husband is gone. So he actually made the plans and fashioned it to make sure that he was able to execute the iniquity while transgressing the law of God and the law against his neighbor. And then he entered in, and then lotted into sinful lives. I pray that everything in our lives, everything in your life, that cause us on a constant basis to err. To feel unwholesome in our minds. From this day forward, the cleansing power of the Holy Spirit begin to come upon you in the mighty name of Jesus. In Micah chapter 2, verse 1, Micah chapter 2, verse 1, the Bible says, Woe to those who devise iniquity. So iniquity is being devised. It's first being taught of. What did Jesus say about it? He said, if you look at the woman, I've been talking about to the man. He said, if you look at the woman lustfully, he said, you already committed adultery in your heart. So you don't have to even act it out. But Micah said here, woe to those who devise iniquity and walk out evil in their bed. At morning light, they practice it because it is the power of their hand. So it's not something that you just fall into. Oh, it's temptation and being tempted. Uh-uh, you are not tempted because you have the grace and the power. To be able to overcome that temptation. 
the things that you hear, the things that you that, 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 that you see, the things that, that, that you think, and then you act out in the way that you feel, God does not want it. This somebody else around me must not know about. It's a sin. It's a transgression of the law. And every single time we transgress, transgress against the law, guess what we do? We put ourselves back under the law. But Jesus came. So let us know that we're no longer under the law. He has brought grace to us. He wants us to live. Can I say this? That God never, has never, and will never cast anyone into hell. God loves all his children and his creatures. He wants everyone to end up with him. But guess who takes everyone that's going to hell to hell? It's not Satan either. It is the individual. It is us that walks our way into where we find ourselves. He gave us the choice to make the choice either to follow him and live or to reject him and be wasted. You will not be wasted in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I said you will not live a wasted life in the mighty name of Jesus. What are some of the effects or consequences of sin then? What are some of the effects or consequences of sin then? Just like our text and our thing for this month says, sin is a weight that limits and spiritual growth and progress. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. Sin is a weight that limits our spiritual growth. It limits our progress moving towards the relationship with our God. Now, it's not just a weight that is profitable. Sin is a garbage. Sin is filthiness. Fear, sin is not a good, it's not, it does not produce a good aroma to God. It is trash, putting on trash. And when a weight of trash is upon a person, the Lord cannot behold the iniquities and the transgression of that life. So, but one of the consequences of of sin and sinful life is that it is a weight that limits our spiritual growth, our progress in life. It also opens believers up to curses. Sin opens up is a crack. It cracks up. The avenue for the, the doors for, for, for curses to come into the life of a believer 
The believer is supposed to enjoy the blessing and the promises of God. But when sin comes in, the sin introduces the curse of his forefathers. It brings about and reactivates the generational curses that he has been delivered from. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 15 tells us that disobedience to the lost standard introduces curses. It also hinders the believer's prayers. It hinders the believer's prayers. You cannot be a believer and you are living a life of sin. Iniquity is in your hands. That your hands is full of blood, shedding the blood of Christ all the time. Going contrary in disobedience to the Lord and still calling to the Holy Father. You cannot and we cannot on Monday through Saturday go our own way and on Sunday we come and raise and holy hands unto Holy God. That's why that Isaiah chapter 59 verse 1 and so told us that his hands are not shortened, that he cannot save. He can save us from anything that the enemy may be throwing at us. His ears are not even heavy, that he cannot hear. He's ready to hear all of our cries and answer all our prayers. But the Bible made us to understand that, that something, our sins, cause them not to hear. Sin as well causes separation between the people of God and God. Sin separates man from God. Remember in Genesis chapter 3, they said Adam and Eve, they were enjoying good fellowship in the cool of the evening with God. When disobedience comes in, And they defile the moral standard of God. They transgress the commandments of God and the word of God. That was a separation. They were separated from the spirit of God. I was in Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. In Isaiah chapter 14 verse 12. We know that Lucifer was in the presence of God. He's the greatest worshiper. He worshiped all the archangels, all the hosts of hell. They bowed down to the four The elders, they bowed down and worshiped. It's merriment. It's cool. And they thought, without me, God will not be glorified. It is me that have done all of this. That brings the people to worship and pride care, and they begin to speak. And God cannot behold that. That's why the Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse 7, he said, God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. I pray that the humility to be restored to holiness and righteousness 
this month the Lord will bestow upon you and upon us all as Christ Christ's ministries and everyone listening to the sound of my voice this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Now just for is the verse eight. I said, God resists the proud and give grace to the humble. This one says, you submit to God, resist the devil, and they shall flee from you. Yes, the sin as well brings shame and reproach. Sin brings shame and reproach. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 34. It brings shame and reproach. The entire world is going through a reproach right now. The United States, the world power, is nowhere to be found right now. Why? Because the perpetuated sinful lifestyle into the moral standard or immoral standards have become the order of the day. The law and the commands of God is nowhere any longer to be reckoned with. Everyone wants to defend the evil in the man, in the woman. Proverbs 14.34 made us to understand that righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Sin as well brings hardship and toiling instead of peace and the blessing of the Lord. Sin brings hardship, it brings toiling instead of the peace and the blessing of the Lord. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 26. Ecclesiastes chapter 20, 20, I mean chapter 2, verse 26. And Genesis chapter 3, verse 17 to 19. Sin brings dishonor and guilt. Sin brings what? It brings dishonor and guilt. It brings dishonor and guilt. Brings dishonor and guilt. Lamentation chapter 5, verse 16. Lamentation chapter 5, verse 16. The Bible says, The crown has fallen from our heads. Woe to us, for we have sinned. The crown has fallen from our heads. The head that carries the honor, sin takes it away. Brethren, sin is a reproach. Sin is a cancer. Sin is an abomination to God. Second Timothy chapter 2 from verse 19. Second Timothy chapter 2 from verse 19. The Bible says, nevertheless, the foundation of the Lord stands sure. Having this seal, uh, the Lord knows those who are his. Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Nevertheless, 
the foundation of God stands sure. It stands firm. Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. He said, in a great house. There are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of, also of wood and clay. Some to honor and some to dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, and now useful for the master, prepared for every good works that will glorify God. I pray that your life, my life, our lives, will bring honor and glorify God in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. As we share the weight this month, as you continue to move about conscious of transgression, conscious of iniquity and sin unto God, you'll be prepared, ready for the master's use in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Guess what? Sin weakens the believer. Sin weakens the believer's authority. The servant of God said it in our, in our, our workers' meeting, in our workers' prayer meeting this morning. Christians' authority, believers' authority, you have authority in your power. We have received the power. We have received the authority. We are children of authority. Demons tremble many times when you wake up with the Holy Ghost. The devil, when he sees you sneeze, he can cool. Why? Because you have authority. But when sins comes in, the power is wicked. Your energy to pray is no longer there. Your zeal for the sins of God is no longer there. You now become one that begins to doubt the word of God. And then other things now begin to get in until the enemy completely gets hold of one to bring one from grace back to grass. And from law, back, I mean from grace back to the law. I pray that will not be a portion in the mighty name of Jesus. Sin as well brings fear. It causes fear. Sin brings fear. And just like the man of God said again in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 this morning, he said, For the Lord, the Lord has not given us, God has not given us the spirit of fear. But of love, of power, and of a sound mind. No wonder the Bible made us to understand that the, the, the righteous are as bold as lions. So if you are righteous, you don't need to fear nothing. But guess what? When your ways are not right, every single word that comes from the word of the Lord is a chastisement to you, is a rebuke to you, is a correction to you. If we can just repent. And if we can just be tender enough, and the Lord's compassion will supersede His judgment upon us. 
in the mighty name of Jesus. Uh, finally, sin leads to physical and spiritual death. Sin leads to physical and spiritual death. Romans chapter 6 verse 23 tells us that the wages of sin is death. A woman caught in the very act and as they brought her to Jesus, if they have not brought her to Jesus, guess what? She would have received the wages of her acts. Death. Physical death. And eventually, spiritual death. Let's listen to a Christian, a believer, an apostle, who wrote to encourage everyone, every, every member of God's kingdom. Of God's family. In Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 7, Romans chapter 7 from verse 11. We'll read 11 and then we'll jump to verse 14. He said, For sin taking occasion by the commandments. Sin took occasion by the commandments. Could you please remove that? What are you putting? Deceive me. What deceive me? Deceived me and by it killed me. Verse 14. He said, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I cannot. Soul under sin. Go ahead, go ahead. You don't have time now. For what I'm doing, I, I, I want you to please look at this and see if you fit into this and be ready to have a turning around this morning. For what I'm doing. I do not understand. But for what I will to do, that I do not practice. But what I hate, that I do. If then I do what I will not to do, I agree with the Lord that it is good. But now, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, not in good works. But the will is present with me. But how to perform what is good, I do not find. For the good that I want to do, I do, I do not do. But the evil, I will not do. That I practice. Struggle. Now, if I do what I will not do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that was in me. In me. I find then the law that evil is present with me. The one who wants to do good. For I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. But I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who will be delivered me from this body of death? I thank God. Is able to come to realization that there's somebody who paid the price. I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve, the Lord of God, but with the flesh, the Lord of sin. 8 verse 1. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. Now says, Therefore, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. 
who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to spirit. Jesus talks about two ways. In, in, in the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, talks about the narrow way, talks about the broad way. It's the narrow way. We want us to enter through that narrow way. The broad way. You see, there are many that go through that way. But this narrow way, it's only few people. Those who can be dead to their self. Those who will live will be alive to Christ and live in Christ to inherit eternal life with Christ at the end. So enter the gate, the narrow gate. Wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many that goes by it. And there's only one way but that way is narrow. Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. He said, No one comes to the Father except sin hinders the way to God. The broad way, let me paint this picture now. There's only one way, and the only one way is true, genuine repentance and acceptance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The other way, the broad way that many people go through, it's all other religion other than the true belief and acceptance of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Only few people are able to go in. The life of righteousness, the life of peace with God, I wanted to go before the Lord at this time and ask the Lord, Father, help me. I need your help. I cannot do it by myself. The flesh in me does not even want to glorify you. The flesh in me cannot please you. Father, help me. Psalm 19. It was Psalm 19, it says, Keep back your servant also from presumption of sin. Let them not have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and I shall be innocent of great transgression. And in Romans, Romans chapter 6, verse 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under the law. I want you to pray and just take it unto the Lord. Lord, help me. Do not let sin have dominion over me, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, help me. Do not let sin have dominion over me. Cleanse me of all forms of unrighteousness. Make me blameless before you in the mighty name of Jesus. I want you to go before the Lord this morning and just pray. Sin leads to death. Sin brings about curses. Sin brings about uh, about separation from him. Father, help me, Lord. Lord, help me. Cleanse me, O oh God, from all forms of unrighteousness. Make me blameless before you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. 
Saint makes one to be weak spiritually and physically. Saint brings fear into one's life. Father, help me, Lord, that I may be as bold as Lion Crown in the midst of my life. Let sins have no dominion over me, Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Son of God. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. In Jesus' name, we pray. I declare concerning you this morning, even as you have listened at this moment, that every form of sin, transgression, iniquity in your life, every unrighteousness that has become a weight in our lives, in your lives, in your ways, in your actions, that causes the hand of the Lord to be shortened to save you from wherever you are or whatsoever you find yourself. Be delivered this morning in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. I want you to consider right now telling the Lord, Lord, help me. Father, help me. Lord, help me. In the mighty name of Jesus, I cannot do it by myself, Lord. Strengthen my mind, strengthen my spirit, strengthen my soul, Lord. In the name of Jesus. I declare the power and the grace to live a blameless life. Receive it from this day forward in the mighty name of Jesus. And as the Lord Jesus said to the woman, I declare again unto you and unto everyone under the sound of my voice this morning. Go and sin no more. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Bless you.